Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fedra Akris. I think she's on her way. Um, she should be. But we decided we we're going to start a little early because we have a couple of things we wanted to talk about. And um, our, we are going to have a main topic tonight, I think, which is Kathleen Kennedy. Should she I be I think fired? we should have two main topics tonight. Okay. What's the other main topic? I think uh, it should be Iger's oh, yeah, no, I'm, well, conversation that he had, which sounds like a load of baloney. Oh, really? No, I'll see it. Well, we're going to definitely get into that because <clears throat> I may have a difference of opinion than you with some of the things that he has to say. Um, but, you know, let's start. What did you see? Oh, you saw Indiana Jones. So tell me about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That was probably the best Indiana Jones yet. Oh, get the hell out of You're doing that just to piss me off. <laughs> um, well, actually, my opinions of it, I'm sure, were not as severe as yours. Uh, by no stretch or means is it a great movie. Um, however, I didn't think it was as terrible as people were making it sound like I went in and truly preparing to be pissed off by this movie. And I wasn't. Um, however, that being said, like I said, it wasn't a great movie, um, but I liked it better than the crystal skull uh, because that had so many things that I found wrong with it that I, I don't even watch that when it's repeating. I think I'd rather watch C-SPAN. But both uh, of those movies are leagues away from the first three movies. Oh, abso absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but like I said, this one, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. Um, the goddaughter, Phoebe Wallace, whatever her name is, Fleabag. Yeah, Fleabag. Um, she's she's just unlikable. Yes, exactly. Um, that, that's everybody <clears throat> walks away from it and they say the same exact thing. She's I, just I, like unlikable. I didn't find her like people said. Oh, she's a Mary Sue, and you know she shows him up at every turn and puts him down. I didn't find her like that. It's just, she's kind of like Indiana Jones in uh, the Temple of Doom, where, you know, he was considering taking the stones for himself for fortune and glory. Um, however, he kind of, he moved beyond that. Um, I don't think we saw her move too far from that initial impression. Mm hmm um oh like like i said it, it's just i don't find her likable um and this this goes on this isn't just from this movie this is from uh she hosted saturday night live one time and they were talking about fleabag and i turned that on and i didn't see the appeal i don't even think i made it through the at first episode I put on. Um, I just, I just don't, I, and I, I can't, 
I can't nail anything down in particular about her that I don't like. I can. But, but she's she's just not. And from what, from what I've read about her being in this part of what uh, got her in is that she comes in and she does uh, like script doctoring on the fly and mm -hmm. you know, she makes good suggestions. Suppose, well, suppose it depends on who you ask. Um, that she's that kind of talent, which is a talent that you can come in and you can say, hey, you know what? This doesn't work better. Let's try that. Um, which, I mean, look, Robert Downey Jr. made a whole second career out of that with Marvel. Uh, a lot of his stuff was ad-libbed from the way he delivered it and changed stuff all the time on the fly. Uh, that's a definite talent. But um, I, I, I just don't see the appeal. Um, Harrison Ford, uh, he's showing his age. And uh, they... That definitely came across in this more than The Force Awakens. So uh, maybe it's for the best that we saw, we've seen the end of Indiana Jones. Um, what I did like is there were points, parts in the movie where he showed he knew more than she did. You know, like she would start to show off a bit. And he would be like, yeah, well, you know, uh, no, I'm going to go this way. I know these streets better than you do. You know, when they're having a little golf co golf uh, cart race or whatever. Um, you know, so I think that was a kind of a play that went back and forth a bit. And actually, I think if that play went back and forth, the word play and one-upmanship went back and forth a little bit more, I think a lot of the complaints people had uh, would have gone away. You know, well, you could have seen the uh, book learning versus experience. See, now, again, that she wrote some of the script or she did script doctoring, which bothers me about it, is that she must have a very high opinion of herself. And I think that she should have been humble. Like, again, it's like, wow, it's, you know, Indiana Jones. I, I know she knew her him as a kid. But even so, she's like, I can't believe that I'm actually doing, uh, you know, archaeology with you. Uh, you know, I think it's so cool. I've always looked up to you. But it's kind of like she's at his level. She doesn't really respect him. You know, she thinks she knows more than he does. At times she does, and at times she doesn't. But that whole thing with her on the motorcycle and then jumping on the airplane wheel as it was taken off, the problem, again, why I feel this movie is that part, and she may have been part of the writing crew or whatever, that part was written for a man, but she put herself into it. I, You see, now, I don't know if that was her. From what, from what I understand, her part was dialogue. Even so, I'm just saying that... It, I, I don't think set pieces or, like, major action sequences... I don't think that's her. I think that's the director, the screenwriters, Kate, catering to we have to show how strong of a woman she is. Um, I think where she was more involved was the the banter. You know, like at the one point where he says, you know, something like, who do you, you know, what do you think you are? And mm. she's like, glamorous. 
witty, intelligent, you know, like successful, successful, like that kind of banter. Um, I think that's where her part came in. Um, and actually, like, actually, I thought that was kind of funny because it showed just how full of herself. But that's the whole thing, is. though. But if she would have, like, I think she was in one of those tuck tucks and he was in another one at that point. If she would have crashed into, like, another tuck tuck after she said that, now that would have been funny. But they didn't do that because they wanted to show that she was so on top of her game. I mean, right. you know, you she has to have some humility where she kind of makes fun of her character and she really doesn't like, even like when they're climbing up that wall and she passes Indy. I think, um, I think humility is the wrong word. Um, like well, I was saying just, the banter, the back and forth, yeah. like you, like you were just saying, I think the characters, the character herself could have still seemed very cocky, but have crashed. Like, even though she's so confident and full of herself, she still messes up from time to time. I think if they showed more of her messing up where she could think she thinks she can do it and it doesn't work out. Um, like I said, I think that would have that may that may have made her more likable. Well, again, that's the problem. I at times I, I felt India wasn't likable either. Because he basically became a loser because Marion left him for yeah, a dumb I, reason. I, I kind of, and that's the other part. Like they kind of went a little overboard with, you know, the scene of him and sitting there in the t-shirt in a chair and getting the bat and knocking on the kid's door next door. Um, that reminded me of me. Like I, I could definitely see you in a few years like that. I could see you like that now. Um, yeah, like like last weekend. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, like that part they went a little bit overboard. Like the whole thing where he's retiring and they gave him the clock. You know, I could see the way he just gave it away. I thought it was just very callous. I think the Harrison Ford we knew that had worked with these people and knew them would have had a little bit more affection towards them and affection towards the gift that they gave him as he was retiring and leaving them. Um, so yeah, they went a little bit overboard and granted we know Harrison Ford is a bit of a curmudgeon to start with. Um, but I think they made his character a little bit too much of one. Yeah, he just didn't seem happy with it. It's sad. But yeah, but um, at the end, I I kind of liked that Marion Marion came back. Yeah, I would have. Uh, he could have done better. Yeah, but she was always she was always the one. Oh, you know? was, uh, and then they did the, then with the little bit with uh, you know, the hat drying on the line, and then it goes into the little circle and. He pulls it back. I thought that was a cute little touch to end it. Um, sort of a happy ending for Indiana Jones. And, you know, I, I'm kind of glad it was a happy ending versus him dying on a field uh, yeah, which somewhere. Almost got. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I just didn't like it. I like but the first, again, like the first three minutes. Hopefully, 90 will survive jumping out of a plane and having some... He was, land on top of us, you know. 
but my big my my two big complaints he's just too old he doesn't look right in the leather jacket and the fedora and yeah he's gone up there and she was not likable and Fedra's joined us now sorry Fedra, that was my fault that i probably spelt your name wrong when i sent you the invite no no worries hey i just thought it was weird i'm like i have the topics but i don't have a link Oh uh, well, well, Jack had just seen uh, Indiana Jones, so we were kind of talking about it. Joe's very oh, disappointed wow. that I didn't hate it as much as he did. No, I don't really? care. Really? Like I don't know. He's lying, as usual. As usual. <laughs> no, it's a rarity. You don't normally lie. But uh, now we just had a difference. And actually, we had the same opinion, but he liked it more. That's the whole thing. Yeah. She was, we, she we was annoying. Same, he was too same, old. Sorry, Joe. No, you. No, I'm saying she was annoying. He was too old. That's what he said. How, what did you rate it overall? Yeah, what did you rate it? Overall, I would rate it probably about a 4.5. <laughs> and I didn't like it, and I rated it higher. <laughs> yeah, but that's you. I don't think you understand how ratings work. No, I now, don't think you like, understand example, how ratings work. For example, Crystal Skull, I would have given about a 2. Wow. And by comparison. This a was a so skulls four, is worse than this. Four and a five, but a four point five is like a two and a quarter out of ten, out of five. You know, um, that's not a good score, Jack. It's not. Yeah, it's and not. Said, it, it by no means was this a really good movie. Oh, so you, your point is that you liked it better than Crystal Skull. My point is, I liked it better than Joe sounded when he was reviewing it. And as I said, I didn't hate it and dread it. I didn't feel how I dreaded I thought I would after watching it. Good for you, Jack. But the first 20 minutes. So, I read, read and heard so much hate about it. And I was like, okay, it wasn't that bad. But it by could no have been worse. It really good. Yeah. First 20 minutes were pretty good, though, right? That That was... That was pretty good. And the de-aging looked, I thought, terrific. I think that's okay. some of the best we've seen. You know, the only like, thing that throws you off sometimes, sometimes you hear his old voice. And then sometimes they get it right, like they de-age his voice. But like the, his very first line. Oh, I, I, honestly, I didn't even notice. The, I, I can't tell you if I noticed the voice sounding older or younger. I was just amazed at how good it looked and uh what do they call it the uncanny valley effect yeah it wasn't there i i thought they did that that good a look to it i thought it was great well you'll see it eventually fedra i mean i wouldn't yeah. suggest that you and actually i would go it. more than the first 20 minutes yeah me I, too i, I like the new york city up until the part that the bad guy showed up in the archive. I started to go downhill once they were in Tangiers, but I liked the New York City stuff. Although some of it was bordering the nuke the fridge at times. Like no, I didn't uh, think it was as bad as the fridge. No, but I'm just saying some of it was. With, with the exception of the old man indie in the t-shirt and the bat. Um, like I said, I I thought. The first 40, 30 to 40 minutes were good. 
I'll agree with you. So we have similar opinions on it. You know, it's just it it could have been better. And I'm uh, I'm glad we didn't get to see her going through all of his adventures as his yeah replacement. I'm glad they backed away from that. That we didn't get stuck watching that because that's what I was dreading, and that's what I thought I was going to really be annoyed about, and it didn't happen. All right. Anyway, let's talk about a good movie that I had seen. I saw Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 today. And I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. And it, it kind of like shows me that you could make a good movie if you take the time to write something, you know, and instead of just like throwing in like virtue signaling and just focusing. Yeah, every checklist. If you just have a story that you want to tell and you have the characters, it can work because even though, I mean, I wasn't crazy about the movie, but it had me interested from beginning to end. I don't know how long it was. It was probably two and a half, maybe, you know, bordering that level. Yeah. But I mean, you see, even that is a praise from you. Yeah. Because you, even with certain movies you like, you go in and like, yeah, I was kind of feeling it around the two-hour mark. If, <laughs> if you didn't feel the time, that's that's a pretty good endorsement. You know, Black Panther, I fell asleep the second one uh, like three times. I had to go get a Coke to wake me up. But this one, I was like, no, I'm interested. I'm invested in this now. You know, I want to see where it goes. And what's pretty cool is Haley Atwell is in it, and she's very, very good in this. Uh, a lot of people are saying that, too. I don't um, remember seeing her in any of the uh, previews and stuff. The co-lead with uh, Tom Cruise. It's basically him and her. Yeah, but I, I didn't, like I said, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing her in any of the trailers. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> I don't or know. She, I, I, I don't know. I mean. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't remember. She might not have been. Um, But she's very good in it. She's very attractive, although she. She mostly wore pants, but what's good is like Federer. What I was saying is that I feel like how they wrote the character of Helena for Phoebe Waller Bridge in um, the Indiana Jones movie. I kind of felt like that was written for a man, especially during that time period. And then they just put in a woman, you know, I know people are going to hate me for saying that, but I think it's true. You know, it's like some of the things she did, especially physically, like, punching guys out with one punch I think was a little bit unbelievable. And then jumping off a motorcycle and onto an airplane, it it's don't buy it. But like her character and other characters that were portrayed by women, you know, they, they weren't Mary Sue's. They weren't perfect. She was very good at what she did, but she would make a mistake. Like there's a scene, not that I'm giving away a big spoiler, but they're in a car and uh, they're kind of handcuffed together, her and Tom Cruise. And so she's in the position where she can drive the car because her right hand is on his left hand, you know? So he said, well, you drive, you know? So she's driving and then they're being chased and she's banging into cars and everything. And then all of a sudden she says, all right, I can't do this. You drive, you know. Now steering was, wheels on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was on the right side, but they just flipped over and he drove with one hand. 
But if it was Phoebe Waller Bridges character, she would never do that. She would drive the whole thing. You know, she'd be perfect, you know, and, and shooting people with another gun or whatever. But I, I like the fact that at one point she realizes that I'm not as good as this guy. You know, he's a super spy. You know, let's just stop. You jump over me. You sit in the driver's seat and I'll, I'll just sit here and get us out of here. I just want to be saved, you know? And at times she, not that she's a damsel in distress, but they need to rescue her. You know, it's, it's never like, and she's scared. Oh, that's another thing too. It's like they have her kind of like, they're saying, you know, you're going to have to do something and you might be risking your life for it, but it's, there's a very good cause for you doing it. And so she agrees to do it, but you can tell she's nervous, you know, cause she doesn't want to die. She doesn't want to be caught. And it's like, that's how her character should be written. You know, you like, you, you don't introduce like a character that you've never seen. And then she just comes, you know, barrel, barreling down and, I could do anything that Tom Cruise has been doing in the Mission Impossible movies for like seven movies now, you know, um, you know, it's, it's almost like she's, she is humble, you know, for what she, and, and she's very good. You know, it's like, it's rare where I, I, you know, again, since I've been watching movies the last couple of years, especially with Marvel and star Wars, it, it's, it's rare that I could really, like a character, you know, like a, like a female character like this. He's very, very good. And, and he's good too. He's not perfect. You know, who else is in this is, uh, uh, Mantis, uh, the actress that plays Mantis. What's her name? Palm, Palm something. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she is, see now she's very kick ass. Like she will kill guys. And, but you, you believe it because you believe that she has been trained most of her life to be an assassin, you know, to be brutal and all that. It's not like she started last week, you know, it's, it's you, you completely buy into her character, like where, cause she performs martial arts and, you know, like if you get somebody in a certain position, you can break their neck, you know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what your weight is. Can, you know, if someone weighs 200 pounds more than you and she uses that to her advantage and she's just such a, She's a cool character. She's a creepy character. You know, she's, you know, she shows anger, but she's got like a creepy smile that kind of will give you the willies, you know, because it's like you would run if you saw her, you, you know, it, it, you, she does intimidate you. And when you think it was Mantis that did it, all I can say is go and see it. Cause it's, it's very good. Um, you know, it's not perfect, but uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I thought it was very good. And it's part one, another part one. Yep. Yeah, but you know, up front, it's a part one. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. But I mean, I, I have to say, though, the, the Mission Impossible movies, they've always set a pretty hard, high bar for themselves in terms of quality. And I mean, they are definitely uh, an event movie type. A franchise like it comes out and it's like everybody knows it's coming out and they work on it they get the story right they get the characters right i mean it sounds to me from what i've heard a little bit also that tom cruise is really serious about those movies and like he he has to like love it he has to be fully in it because he does a lot in those films so mm-hmm. 
I, I like that, that he at least has the passion when he makes those films. It's not like, oh, we're just making another one. It's like, no, what can we do now to shock people? How can we top what we did last time? How can we make it more interesting? And that's, you know, kudos to him because he's not, I'm not a huge, huge fan of him now. Um, you know, over the years, I really like his earlier stuff in the 80s, but I'm not going to put down what he does successfully. I mean, he he's nice. done amazing stunts in these films. Now, you see, I'm the other way. Mm -hmm. I, for years, I really just didn't like him. Like, Risky Business was good. Yeah. Uh, when he was in Taps, that was good. But then for years, like, I I just didn't like him in the movies. He just was too You don't, you don't like Top Gun alley. or or A Few Good Men? I didn't like, I like Top Gun, but A Few right. Good Men, I didn't like cocktail of course you know rain man you didn't like rain man rain I man really care for him in rain man he's um but with the mission impossible movies he started to win me over because exactly what you said he was taking them very seriously and he was really involved with these movies from start to finish and they were good so he, he won me over i i enjoy him in movies now uh whereas i used not to so I think he's just gotten better. It's funny. I disagree with both of you because I think he's an <laughs> underrated actor. <laughs> you know, I've always thought he's a very good actor in everything that he does. It's just that because of his pretty boy appearance, he kind of looks like he's uh, looked down upon by a lot of people. But like I felt for Rayman, he should have gotten the Oscar over Dustin Hoffman. And I just think he's, he's a very good actor. Um, I, the thing that depresses me about the Mission Impossible movies is that I, I feel like he could have done more with his career. Kind of like what Cameron's doing with Avatar. You know, he's spending like 20-something years or on this Avatar franchise where we could have gotten so many other individual new story movies, you know, original movies. And, like, if you're not an Avatar fan, well, too bad. This is all you're ever going to get to me until they put me in the ground but uh no i like tom cruise it's weird too because i really like the first three movies and it's this is an unpopular opinion i i really like the second one probably oh, John Woo, that was great <laughs> yeah but a lot of people don't like it the second one was uh it kind of like <laughs> like predated covid because uh the whole thing was that they this corporation came up with a virus and uh, it was going to kill like millions of people. And then they had the vaccine and they were going to make money off of the vaccine. Um, and, but you know, it was manufactured in a lab, this, this super virus that would kill, you know, people in like 48 hours or something like that, or you had to have the vaccine. Um, but it was really cool. There was a lot of good action, but I saw it recently. Biggest problem is so much slow motion in it. He has long hair and like he'll turn his head. Yeah, but he had, see. you know, that's John Woo. He had to do slow motion so you could see like the coat flare behind him. I guess so. As he swings around, you know. <laughs> but I wasn't a, a fan of the last one with the Henry Cavill in it. Everybody loves that one. Um, I got to watch it again. It, I like just... that one a lot. But I will say too, what's interesting about Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Hunt, he surpassed James Bond in the movies. 
I would much rather see a Mission Impossible movie than anything that they put out with James Bond in the last few years. You know, it's and again, he doesn't whoever. Well, he's producing and then the director is also producing the movie. They don't bow to like the woke crowd, you know, like where they're like, well, we need to have a certain amount of women. We need to have a certain amount of representation. You know, one of our characters has to be gay. One of our characters has to be this or whatever. That's not in any of these movies. You know, it's just like, this is a story. These are the characters we have. If you don't like it, don't buy a ticket. That's all I could say, you know? Um, and I appreciate them for it because it's it's nice to sit and watch a movie and enjoy it and not be preached to. Not, Amen. you know, like, you know, like this character was specifically put in there because we had to have some kind of representation that we don't have enough because, you know, according to a specific quota, we need to have, you know, this gender or this race. That's not in there. Although there are, you know, there's different gender, different races in it, but you don't feel it. You don't feel like they're pushing it on you because it's just a, such a well-written script. I, I mean, other, have you seen the trailers? The, it's basically a bad, I don't buy it. It's, um, this AI becomes sentient, like where, and it's kind of, I guess, what they're worried about now is that AI is becoming too, you know, sentient in reality. I think we're screwed with those. Oh, you do? I, 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 I am one of those guys. Yeah. I've read enough science fiction stories, you know. Well, you think they're going to like attack us or at some point? Or no, Terminator. I think, I think once they become self-aware, they're going to see. Yeah, we we're just a drain on resources. Yeah, we'll uh, be let's... just we'll be just as, uh, air, like like, uh, dispensable. Yeah, it's like the well, Matrix. Well, it's it's like, I mean, I'm sorry, but most of us treat cattle the same way. We just bag them, tag them, feed them, kill them, move on to the next. So they'll. You know, with their amount of consciousness, I don't see why they wouldn't think of us the same way. Either you're going to say like the cattle are going to start attacking us. Well, we we kind of deserve it. <laughs> We've been killing thousands of them per day for years, but um, they taste so good, so damn delicious. <laughs> right. Um, it, it's good. Like I said, it, it's. Uh, I hope it makes a decent amount of money because it deserves it. And uh, you know what? I, I think it's going to make it, it, it's going to do well. It's good stories. It's a, they're typically quality movies. I haven't seen it, but like I said, from what I've seen in the last ones, uh, these arguments that we're hearing from Warner Brothers and uh, Disney, uh, those arguments aren't going to hold up against this movie. People are going to come out. It's a. They like the characters. They like the stories they've heard before. It's going to get good. It already has great word of mouth. Um, people are going to turn out. You put a movie out that people want to see. They're coming out, and I think it's going to have a great weekend. And I'm not saying Tom Cruise isn't crazy because he does have some like weird things that he's said in the past, but. I think he's grown up too, in a way, because he did this with uh, Maverick, I guess, last year, where he comes out and he thanks the audience for 
coming to see the movie, you know, before the movie starts. And he, you know, thanks it, you know, thanks him for seeing it in a the theater and that, you know, he says that uh, we do these movies for you. We hope that you're entertained and all that. And it's just nice to hear an actor do that. Like, I can't imagine Gwyneth Paltrow doing a speech like that. <laughs> or uh, Brie Larson. No. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I also you know what I, I with Brie Larson though. There's been a concerted effort to make her more likable. I wouldn't be surprised if they made her go out and do one of those. Yeah, once they start doing the press tour, you're going to see the real Brie after a while. She's going to get annoyed, especially when it gets bad reviews. You know, uh, she's like, "Well, who did who reviewed it? White men?" You know, I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I think we're going to see a different. Brie Larson on this press tour. I don't know. She got kind of annoyed last year when they were asking her about the Marvels. And uh, I, well, anyway, screw Brie. I, I just I wanted to say too. I saw I was in Orlando and I saw uh, Spider Verse again across Spider Verse, and it, it is it's a very good movie. And it's like those are two good movies that I've seen this year, where it's it's very well written, it's well acted. Uh, some of the stuff is a little annoying for me but that ending part is, is so like it, where it leads up to it it's really very smart i'm just tired of the whole multiverse crap I, I just wish they would abandon that but uh it's still a good movie and, and i'm looking forward to the next one they, they have a good hand on that franchise on the miles morales stuff because um, the first two movies are very good, and I have a feeling the third one's going to be very good too. Anyway, um, what about you, Fedger? What have you been up to? Oh, you've been in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Get pizza. Yep. Had some good food. I watched a really bad movie actually called Sixty Five on Netflix. It was like some sci-fi with Adam I was, Driver. I was going to watch that, but then I don't. Like, yeah, <laughs> so it's about dinosaurs. Time. Yeah, it's a very sad dinosaur film. Very sad. It's I'm like it. it's like they get hit by an asteroid. They land into Earth millions of years ago. They have these sci-fi weapons. They have to get off the, the planet. They fight a bunch of dinosaurs. They struggle. They find the escape ship and they get off the planet. The end. All right. Thanks for telling us the whole story. <laughs> it's yeah. really, but it's really nothing. No, like, I wasn't going to see it. <laughs> like that's like stick structure. Like, ugh, it was, I was very unhappy. Yeah. The trailers didn't do anything. And I think the name really didn't help either. But I will say I binge watched a very nice show with my mom and my sister and i just want to share it because you know you, you know my mom says all the time that i'm not a patient person so i'm going to tell you on this while we binge watched this show for five hours and 10 minutes i unraveled five necklaces for my mom I mean, it was all bunched up together, all these chains, you know what I mean? And she's just like, Fedra, please, you know, can you, can you do this for me? 
please. Nobody else will. And Poppy's like, yeah, I tried three hours and then I gave up. So I'm sitting there, if you can imagine, in the living room with a needle, binge watching this show called Spinning Out. And at first I thought it was going to be a chick flick kind of series because it's all girls. No, it actually was really good. Spinning Out is about a figure skater who is bipolar. And it shows you everything that she goes through with medication and without medication. And what's very interesting is Netflix went so far that every single actor and actress has been a competitive figure skater. Oh, really? So everybody in there was actually... Actually semi, doing the skating? Yeah, semi-pro or pro. So it was. it's very dramatic, obviously, as a show. And there's a lot of chick flick mementos. But overall, I was really impressed. And I had five hours. So <laughs> I enjoyed season one. All right, let me ask you guys a question. So next week, two big movies are coming out. Okay. Which one would you prefer to see? Oppenheimer or Barbie? That's surprisingly tough. Yeah. Because if I get because if I get my if I get my girls involved, I am gonna go with a bunch of girls and have like a you know girls' night and watch Barbie. Got gotta admit it. Jack's still thinking. And while Oppenheimer looks very it looks it looks very well made very interesting uh with the stories we've seen with it how they dramatized it barbie just looks like it's going to be that like goofy fun movie i guess it depends what kind of mood i'm in yeah i you know it's weird uh, well, i show- can tell you next weekend i'm probably going to see Mis- mission impossible so you know oh, okay <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's weird because I I love Christopher Nolan. He's a really great director. I don't know, I just don't have too much interest in seeing Oppenheimer, and not that I have interest in seeing Barbie. I'd probably wait for that to hit streaming. But it looks like it could be fun and goofy, you know. Oh, it like looks the, extremely goofy. Like the Lego Movie, and uh, what's that guy, Ryan Gosling? He looks pretty funny in it, you know, as Ken. Oh yeah. I just, there's just been so much seriousness that I need some goofy in my life. I also already watched like some spoilers of the different things that are in the film showcasing like vintage and certain years of Barbie. And I got to admit, I played Barbie a lot when I was a kid. I was very fortunate enough that I had a lot of Barbie stuff. So it's it's nice to kind of go in there and just have that nostalgia, you know, for the day. And like I said, my whole thought is, you know, get some girls together, maybe go get our nails done, go have dinner, and then go watch it and just have a bunch of laughs. Hopefully that'll happen. If not, it'll just be me in the theater, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Being my girly self all in pink. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you won't be the only girl in the theater. <laughs> all right, let's get into the news. So one of the big news stories that came out this week is we saw some photos and some video of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in Deadpool 3, and he's got his yellow and blue suit on. And people are just freaking out over it, 
Uh, what are your thoughts? I think I like the suit. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they didn't go back to the uh, black. Everybody in black leather. Mm -hmm. It's kind of good to see him pretty comic accurate. Um, I wish we saw pictures of him with the cowl up. But uh, I, I think the suit, the suit itself looks pretty good. Aside from, you know, dot, 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 because comic books. Um, I wonder if they're going to have some sort of explanation why he's in like blue and bright yellow. But then again, in this world, there's a guy who runs around in red and black. So who knows? I'm glad to see him in a suit. I am very excited. This is like the closest to the classics that I could see. Mm -hmm. I think I will, you know, say it just for the record that I wish he didn't have the arm sleeves, but I will take it just because I do love the blue and the yellow. I don't know. It really, it really does something for me. And, you know, I, I hope that this is going to really showcase the, brashness of Wolverine because I know the costume and the outfit is really important when getting into the role you know I mean Ryan's great but when he puts on that suit man is he Deadpool so I, I hope that this will take this to another notch because I, I really miss Wolverine you know there's yeah, you know it's been a while and he's a younger Wolverine. He's not the Wolverine he was in Logan. Um, I'm with you, Fedra. I was a little turned off that we didn't get to see his biceps because uh, I, I like the color scheme and it's much be better than like what Jack said, than the black leather that Brian Singer pushed. But I want to see his guns. And I think part of it is because they're concealing it because he doesn't want to work out too much for this movie. Although I did see him work out mm -hmm. and I'm not in the best shape, but I think I might be in better shape than he is right now. His legs are so thin, but again, it's, I guess it's like, he probably said, look, I just don't want to go through the whole diet, the constant working out. I want to play Wolverine again. Is, is there any way that I can play it without having to do that? And they're yeah. like, yeah, we'll make you a muscle suit. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, and I definitely could see that. It's also maybe, it's maybe what I'm used to. Like, I'm used to seeing Wolverine in a singlet or shirtless or, you know, or even like his, like his outfit tattered and ripped, you know? Like, so this whole like full-on suit thing still is awkward to me. Like, anytime I see it, it doesn't matter what film, it just doesn't look right in my opinion. I mean, he's kind of supposed to be this like raging wolf. <laughs> so <laughs> being all clothed up just doesn't make sense to me. My only issue again, from what I'm hearing this movie, it's going to be another multiverse movie. Oh, uh, no. And it's going to be like the Fox multiverse. So it sounds like uh, we're definitely going to see the X-Men from the first X-Men movie. Um, and Daredevil, Ben Affleck, and Jennifer Garner. Um, and I think we're going to see Fantastic Four, too. Maybe both versions. Oh, good grief. 
That's crazy. That's a lot of, uh, yeah, that's a lot of cast. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. It's I would just rather see a buddy movie with Wolverine and Deadpool than for this well, other. If if it's like short stuff, like can't remember where that. I think yeah, that I think that was in Spider Man, where it's like ten minutes of um. I'm drawing a blank of um. Multiverse. Yeah, Daredevil. I think he was in there for like ten minutes, right? As the attorney. Oh no! Yeah, I know, but this is going to be. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, but Ben yeah, Affleck's like, Daredevil. Yeah, if we could see that a little bit, like ten minutes of skips. But if we're going to have like whole scenes with all of this cast and how no. they're going to weave that all together, is it going to be sloppy? Is it not? Is it going to make sense? You know what? Well, I, I can almost see it because of the Deadpool movie. Like the last scene is. He falls through a hole in the ground and just lands on his ass into the MCU. <laughs> well, who? Oh, uh, what's her name is also in it. Uh, Wanda, um, Elizabeth Olsen. Mm. She's in Deadpool. Mm. Yeah. I oh. think uh, they might be pushing House of M a little bit. Um, maybe this all leads to the X Men in the MCU, and maybe they'll get rid of. The old X Men, the Fox X Men. I don't know. Uh, I just hope it just seems like it's it could be too sloppy. Ryan Reynolds is very good as the character, and so is Hugh Jackman. And that's why, again, I, I'd rather focus two hours on them and some other characters, a couple of villains, but throwing in all these people. I mean, like they're talking Nightcrawler, uh, Striker, wow. Brian Cox. Um, Magneto. Wow. I just think oh, it's going to be too much. It's like, you know, it's going to be the, the, the whole member berries thing where, well, you know, it, they could have that in there as long as it all revolves around these two guys who just don't like each other and are, you know, just an inch to cutting each other to ribbons that, you know, they just go from, a to B to C, hating each other, but still managing to get rid of these guys that are in their way. So we'll see. And that's got to be an expensive movie if they're bringing back all those people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my thing. It's a lot like of people really done that much. Hmm. Well, well, no, but I mean, that's where I'm, I'm with, you know, Joe, that they should make it simpler or like you just said, make it revolve around them too. But I just, the way that they've done things in the past lately, they just haven't been organized enough to have it make sense. It's just been feeling like, oh, let's sprinkle this and let's sprinkle this. And this way we'll get everybody, you know, coming to the theater because chances are we have one of your favorites in this freaking movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's but like, really? A different crew. I know, but that's so desperate. It's like yeah, it's like that desperate. kid who invites everybody to the party, you know? Like <laughs> it's just like pick a click, dude. Like really. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get on to our next big story. And this one broke kind of today, and I kind of sent some of this stuff to you. Bob Iger started well, they renewed his contract for another two years. I I think he's with Disney till 2026. But we could keep on, it alive. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Sorry. good luck. Sorry to joke like that, but no, <laughs> the way it's true. things are going. I mean, the way things are going, they're going to be bought out by some company. And I mean, I wasn't able to read everything that you sent, but man, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot that's going down already. And this is just this it year. Is. They are well, really in a bad position. And now, before you came on, Fedra, and before we started, Jack and I talked a little bit about it. And I think we're going to have a difference of opinion here. And I'm going to be a little pro Iger here because he said some things that I was praying that he would say. Like, I, I wanted to have some of his quotes. He was talking about marvel and star wars he says there have been some disappointments we we would have liked some of our more recent releases to perform better at least he's admitting that you know it's reflective not as a problem from a personal perspective but i think in our zeal to basically grow our content significantly to serve mostly our streaming offerings we ended up taxing our people way beyond in terms of their time and their focus way beyond where they had been marvel's a great example they had not been in the TV business at any significant level. Not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of television series and frankly, it diluted focus and attention. That is, I think, more of, of the cause than anything. And it's true. We're getting no, oversaturated with crappy TV shows. That that that, that word, that's, that's what it is. I don't think there is an oversaturation. I think... If the series were good, that they weren't pushing in agendas down your throat, I would say we'd we'd love it. We'd look forward to the fact how they would go. Here's a Marvel series. Okay, here's four to five months. Here's a Star Wars series. Then go back to another Marvel's miniseries. Then go back to a Star Wars. It's not the saturation. If these shows were written well with good characters without pushing their agenda, which they love, and they've admitted to it, having an agenda, put entertainment ahead of it, I don't think there's such a thing as saturation. I think we'd still be looking forward to every new Marvel series that comes out instead of dreading what they're going to do to characters that we used to love. I, I, I think his his bit like, oh, our, our poor writers, um, you know, we stretched them out and we we gave them too much work to do. Baloney. When the when your writers go out and do interviews like the guy who wrote Secret Invasion, who like considered the comic book was beneath him to even read. Jeez. And why why look back at that? Well, your title of your series is Secret Invasion, which is supposed to be based off of Marvel source material. And you've openly come out and said with disdain how you think the source material was rubbish. And you can do so much better than the guys who came up with the whole concept that you're basically readapting, you're coming off on and putting your own angle on. That's not somebody who's overtaxed. That's somebody whose ego is big and you let him do whatever he wanted and nobody reined him in. What they need is like a creative editor to say, whoa, 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 why are you sticking in this... Uh, why are you sticking in this race element 
how, you know, uh, Nick Fury and James Rhodes, you know, need to talk about their experience as black men. That doesn't help the storyline of the scrolls invading. That doesn't do anything for that storyline. That's you get getting in your little 10, 15 minutes of preachiness in every episode. This is the problem. You need an editor who's going to come in, a story editor or a creative group that's going to say, no, that is not moving the story of the scrolls invading forward. That's you. That is not the story. And that's the problem. That's what Iger needs to go against. That's what Iger needs to fix to get Star Wars back on track and Marvel back on track. And Fedra, I know you're ready to jump in because I see you looking there, chomping at the bit. The soapbox is yours. Aw, thanks. I, I, I just, what I don't like is that they've been telling us what we want to hear. So I don't know if this is just another play of, oh, we're just going to fire these people and now we're going to make changes and, you know, try to give us hope in the meantime as they're still releasing stuff that has, you know, these narratives and these agendas that really just aren't working, you I'm know? Sorry, that's, I'm, that's, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're on the soapbox, but I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. He didn't say he was going to fire these people. What he said was, we need to give them room to develop. But they, they did fire those people. No, they didn't fire. There's still, there's still a lot of yeah, stuff coming a, down the pike. Yeah, no, there's, there's some people, but they did fire a lot of people. No, they, they they're fire still firing people, people. But they probably fired, they didn't, they probably fired the poor production people who have to put this together or the office workers who have to figure out how to get everything needed for this production. Those are the people who go. The screenwriters and the people who have the vision, in quotes, those are the guys who always seem to stick around, always seem to get saved. And those are the people he's saying, I've been working them too hard. Yes, they've been putting out garbage. They've been putting out crap that nobody's interested in. But, you know, we're going to give them a little bit more time to develop it. Uh, you know... It takes time to grow roses, you know, but here's the thing to grow roses. You need to spread a lot of manure on the bushes. We've seen plenty of manure. And does this mean we have to wait until that breaks down to get a little bit more? It shouldn't be. Sorry, hmm. Fedra, go on. Yeah, go back. Fedra. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, a friend of mine, I, did, I wasn't able to see it, but in, in this you know, Link, he was showing me, he was saying that there are now a lot of writers that are going on strike in Marvel, and frankly, they're going to starve them out. And that's the quote-unquote tactic. If that's the case, then that's only going to hurt the brand even further, if that's true. I don't know if it is, but it's just another part of this cycle that is not really achieving any true results. It's it's just going to hurt us as the viewers, and it's just going to hurt the brand. Um, you know, like you were saying, um, I think through text, uh, Joe, when you were talking about the merchandise. I mean, they've designed all this merchandise and it's not going to be moved. It's just going to be sitting there because nobody wants to buy it. And it's like they're, they're perpetuating that as well. It, I don't think it's just going to you know, go away in just one swoop, you know? And, and it's like they need to really 
change a lot of things and see that, you know, they can't, um, you know, what they say, you know, the same cycle is basically insanity, you know, like they, they really need to change the entire model. And I, I just, I, I just don't agree that that's going to happen in the next two years with this guy. Well, I think that the, the problem is the word arrogance. I think that Disney yeah. was very arrogant with themselves, with Marvel, with Star Wars, with Pixar. They just felt, again, we put that name on the moniker or, or on the on the title. People are going to just go and see it. Marvel was riding high for a while. Mm -hmm. but, but part of it was, again, like Jack said, they were giving us good stories and good movies that we wanted to see. But all of these series, you know, I mean, there might have been some good points, but I just felt like they wanted to create content for Disney Plus, and that's a big problem too. Disney Plus is they they're I think lost ten billion dollars so far since it's been out. I don't know how they're going to get out of it. I I think that they handled that very wrong. I think that they should have started out smaller, just have the whole library of Disney. Disney Animated Studios, live action, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, pour all that stuff on there, but don't spend $250 million. And that's what they did. They spent $250 million on. Uh, mm -hmm. on 212, I think you said. Yeah, 212 on Super yeah, 212. And uh, Andor, I think, had a ridiculous amount, like almost $300 million. And it's like, don't spend that much money, you know, on something. It's just insane. Like, especially if you know that the previous series didn't do well, then you start cutting. But I just felt it, it kind of feels like they thought it was just going to work its way out. Part of it had to do with COVID. And then once that was over, people were going to go back to the parks. People were going to go back to the movies. People were going to start buying merchandise. But they turned them off so much by a combination of lackluster writing, lackluster movies. Uh, political agenda being very preachy that people are just starting to find their entertainment elsewhere, especially with the parks. They're doing, they're not doing great with the parks. Like they had one of the worst 4th of July weekends. They had a decrease in attendance and universal had a big increase in attendance mm -hmm. on 4th of July because people are just sick and tired and the ticket prices. It's like, that's a, another thing. It's like, you don't, Every year they raise their ticket price. So is Universal, but it, it's getting out of control. I mean, we're going through, you know, inflation and people are having a hard time just subscribing to any kind of streaming service. You can't expect someone to bring a family of four and spend almost like fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred? Well, uh, I said fifteen hundred. Uh, maybe that, that, that's a little pushing it. Right, four hundred people. I mean, four people. Uh, say no, prices. Joe, Joe, you're going the wrong direction. Oh, really? More? Yeah, because, yeah it's more. But I'm um, saying one day, one day. Oh, one day. Okay, because uh, we Plus were food. looking at taking a trip down to sunny Florida. Mm -hmm. And the last time we went to Disney, when they had all the different things like the uh, Magic Express, the free shuttles, you know, the meal plans, fast passes. Um, the three of us went down there, and we were able to go down for five days for a little bit more than $2,500. Lynette was looking uh, at just the two of us going down with the basic meal plan, uh, 
the Magic Express is gone. Fast passes are gone. And like I said, a downgraded meal package for just the two of us, and it was over four thousand dollars for five days. Mm. It's not a reasonable vacation anymore. And this 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 is it. Families probably you're right. Inflation has been beating the heck out of all of us for a while. Mm-hmm. Disney, sorry, Disney, uh, you don't need that much of our money for a short vacation. And you know, and also the Galactic Star Cruiser that was almost like a billion dollars, and they they closed it down. And again, it, it's that was partly Kathleen Kennedy. It's like nobody wants to see the original trilogy. They want to see the new characters. They want to see Ray. They want to see Finn, Poe. And people are like, no, we want to see the original characters, you know? And then that looked like a mess. I mean, it, it looked like medieval times, but in space at times. And for you to spend five, $6,000 for a couple of nights. Uh, hey, medieval times is still fun. But that's... Well, but. That's but they have less. But it costs you less per person per night. Yeah, costs you less. Um, no, they're just making mistake after mistake, and, and what bothers me with Iger though is he's getting paid a crap load. Uh, I I think how long was it? Is it sixty million dollars for two years, or uh, and he's laying off all these people. So he makes he makes seventy four thousand dollars a day. Um. Because I, I, he made a stick. So he made huge enemies with a lot of people by saying this one thing. He said that he felt that the writers and actors are being are not being realistic with the strike, and it's very disturbing to him. He thinks they all need to go back to work, and mm. you know, he's against the striking. And you don't say that in Hollywood, even if you think it, you don't publicly say it because Agreed. you will be attacked by especially the woke crowd like they they won't go to disney after that and that's the one you're trying to bring in they will not go to disney after that because they are supporting you know these writers and these actors and all that but i didn't realize this Ah, mm -hmm. well i'm just saying like some guy tweeted he goes uh, so bob Iger makes seventy four thousand dollars a day and the average writer makes sixty nine thousand dollars a year that's a lot of friggin money I mean, as far as I'm concerned, for a writer, especially what? when you see the writing that we've seen on Disney Plus, I mean, you, do you think they deserve $69,000 a year for the crap that they put out? I don't know how long. I mean, I don't know if they're writing every day or if it's a couple of times a week. I don't know how writing works, but I think they're overpaid. Well, I mean, the, here's the thing, though. You're saying like how the woke are attacking attacking him for making this money okay how many ceos are making wages all across america so you can't fault him for going after and making what people at his level make um you can't look at it that way plus you're you're saying oh they're going to attack him he's going to piss them off well you know what this these people, the woke and nutty, are going to attack him. But you know what? These are the people that Disney has been catering to 
for for the last several years and is, they've broken the bank catering to the same group so maybe Iger's like you know what you're going to be pissed off at us whatever we do and trying to placate you we've put ourselves in a hole uh, maybe just doesn't care and honestly I could almost see that point you know he should really you know we laugh when polit politicians always talk about you know getting back to family values but you know what Iger has to start catering back to that to get people back in the park what's in the seat yeah, I mean, there are still a lot of people that. So he's got to start going after to not catering to the, uh, the woke left. It's a good point you're making. No, yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. It's, uh, you know, we we've discussed it. It's kind of hard. I know like we're we're crossing a line sometimes by some of the things that we say, but yeah, I mean Disney was basically looked at as a family friendly. Yeah, place to go. Their movies were affordable. Too. Place to go, affordable. But now, even now, like when you watch some of the things that Disney's showing on TV, you're like, I can't use Disney as a babysitter now because I don't know what the programming is going to be like and what they're going to be trying to teach my children. I, I know, and I know it's hard, you know, because you want to be fair to everybody, but you have to be respectful to your core base too. You just can't like say, well, it's too bad. If you don't think this way, it just means that you're evil. You know, you're a dinosaur and good should go extinct. Yeah. Like Chris Evans said, um, no, I mean, you have to, there has to be some kind of compromise. And that's why I've always said, you know, especially like with the gay community or the LGBTQ community, have a division specifically for that community, hire, you know, writers, and actors, directors that are all part of the community do animated movies, but specifically call it something like Disney Pride, you know, where again, and if it's a hit, I, I mean, I just want to see a good movie. I mean, if it's funny, you know, and it, it doesn't matter, you know, what sexual orientation the person is, you know, if it's a good movie, I'm going to go see it. And, you know, but it's, what they do sometimes is Disney tries to think that the world is like this, like everything is peaches and cream, except for we'll have one enemy. And usually the enemy is like the far the right or something pipe. like that. Yeah. It's like, well, they're bad, you know, and it's like, but we're not. So let's all, let's defeat the evil person at the end and we'll all be happy. And you know, the end, um, they need to talk to their customers. They need to try to see what is it that they want. You know, uh, what is it that we're doing wrong? They have to admit, well, that, I see. That's why I think it's a, it's a good step that Iger admits that they did wrong. Like he even says like with Pixar, he had said that, uh, where is it? Um, no, he says there were three Pixar releases in a row that went direct to streaming. And that had to do mostly with COVID. And he is, I think it created an expectation in, in the audience that they're going to eventually be on streaming and probably quickly. And there was no, wasn't an urgency to see it in the theater. And he says, and then I think there was some, I think you have to agree that there was some creative misses as well. And it's true. Like the last three movies, three or four movies were not that good. 
And at least he's admitting it. I give him credit for that. And it kind of gave me hope because I think that, well, maybe he realizes, look, there's going to be no company unless we start to change things in the right direction. We, you know, we can't say, well, we're Disney. That's why you should come to the parks. And that's why you should see our movies. You know, you have to realize that there's something that's driving the customer base away. The Star Wars fan, the Marvel fan, the Pixar fan. You want to have them come back. You look back at, look at your history and see what made people. Cause I still, I, I still watch Pixar movies, the old ones, Monsters Inc., Toy Story, Up, Ratatouille. And I love them. I, you know, I just do not get tired of them. But it's a struggle to get through something like Luca or uh, Soul. You know, it's just, uh, they just, uh, they need good writers. Well, I mean, I liked Soul, but it was a one and done. I don't think that movie has rewatchability. It doesn't. I, it doesn't. I mean, like I said, I thought that was good, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't sit through again. I just hate the afterlife stuff. I like the stuff when they're on Earth, and he's a piano player. He's a teacher, and he wants to get in a jazz band and all that. That I find very entertaining. I love the music and all that, but the weirdness of the afterlife thing, and you can tell they were trying to push the fact that, you know, there's not necessarily a God. There's no Christian God. It's there's reincarnation. Uh, and you know that they were doing it to piss off people, you know, uh, whoever now, the writers were. I like were. The, weird, the weird afterlife stuff. I didn't. And I and it, thought there there definitely was heaven because, you know, that was the staircase going up. Um, there was no and hell. Like I, said, I, thought it, I thought it had some cleverness. And even, yes, even their hell was a, a there was no hell. take. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a hell. That was just like. Well, I mean, they, they I remember seeing something like that on going back forever into the depths of television history on St. Elsewhere where they went one of the characters went into hell and um you know he met one of the other characters that from a previous season you know and it wasn't all fire and brimstone it was just the sheer isolation and despair and that's kind of how they did it in soul but like i said you saw it i thought there were parts that were clever but i i wouldn't sit through it again you know, versus even at its worst, you know, cars. I'll still, if cars are on, I'll watch it because it's just funny. It's enjoyable. It's entertaining, you know? But again, like they, when they did Cars 3, and I was looking forward to it because the animation looked like it improved, but it basically, it was, uh, you know, pr pushing an agenda that the girl car, uh, that uh, she never got a chance because of her, her sex or gender. And she was held back because of that, even though she was better than lightning McQueen and all the other racers and that she can beat everybody. They never let her race because she was female and the best ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why should I watch a movie like that? You know, it could have been such a better story. It, it you know, just, they don't have to push that stuff over that so many people are oppressed. Like everybody is oppressed except for one specific group. Uh, anyway, I guess we should get, Oh, I do want to mention too. He did mention that he wanted 
he's looking to get rid of a lot of their television units like ABC, FX, National Geographic, Freeform, and ESPN. They'll still have a stake in ESPN, but they won't be like the sole owner of ESPN. I think that's a good idea. But again, what drives me crazy is if they would have followed the plan that they had years ago and didn't get into all this woke crap and this preaching stuff and you know the sequel stuff at Star Wars and having Marvel characters, not introducing all brand new characters, not going back to the core that everybody liked, they would never have to sell this stuff. You know, they would be profitable, but now they are hurting because they made so many stupid mistakes and they didn't know when to stop making those mistakes. And they, and like you said, they're still making those mistakes too. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, the MCU is when you're, when you're looking at a fan base who has had source material for the last what are they at like 60 years now don't tell me you you can't look through some of those old comics and get an idea on how to build a story with those characters that people have loved for 60 years plus it's it's like i said you you have you've hired people who don't like the source material and they think they can do everything. Their vision is better than what people have followed for their lives. That they were wrong. They were stupid to have followed that because, you know, these people are smarter and better than what people grew up with. I think arrogance is the right word you got there, Joe. Yeah. And now they're paying the price for it because people aren't going to buy it just because it's slapped with your logo. Well, I still hope that they come out of it and that... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, even though I'm pretty critical and everything, I don't want them to fail. I want them to do yeah. great. I want them to turn out fantastic stuff that I look forward to watching, whether it's in a movie theater or on screen or, heck, even on the radio. You know, I I want them to do great, but it just seems they, like, shoot themselves in the foot at every opportunity they have and um i know Iger inherited most of this stuff no but i don't know if he's going to be able to turn it around within two years no i, I think that jpeg was a bit of a scapegoat the one thing that Iger has going for him is that he's a good face for the company you know that he can talk he's got charisma JPEG was like Uncle Fester, you know, like he had no personality wow. whatsoever. He wasn't pleasant to look at. He didn't want to be in front of a microphone. And he just was blunt and would say whatever, you know, he didn't cushion things. He would come out and say, I was like, oh, well, well, we lost $2 billion last quarter on Disney Plus. Next topic, you know, and um, when people were like gasping, he didn't say, but we'll be okay. You know, he just would kind of tell them what was going on and people didn't like that. He didn't have any solution for it. He would just like say how much money they lost in the parks and, and movies. And, and, but I, I think that Iger was the one that started all this crap, like at, at some point. And unfortunately, and I hate to say it, a lot of this stuff happened because of the Trump presidency. 
it was a backlash, you know, saying that, you know, we need to be against every single value that he is for, you know, and it, that, you know, just because you have certain values that Trump may like, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person or, you know, or I, I can't say that he's necessarily a bad person. You know, it, it's, it's just, it was a stupid knee jerk reaction. Well, again, like what Hollywood did, it's like, we, we have to resist, you know, the presidency and the way to resist this is to go and push for, for this because he is so against it. And if he's against it, it must be good, you know, and, that's how I saw it. Yeah, I, I do wonder sometimes if Hillary would have won, would we be going through all this stuff right now? Um, I couldn't stand her. I, I wouldn't want to see her, but I, I think that I think that things would have been different. You know, uh, I'm just looking forward to the day when we could pick a president based on who we like, not who we like less. I know the last mm -hmm. couple of elections. Who, been who do we who do we hate less? That's the guy I'll vote for. Like, I I I really wish those were the days. It might be this year. <laughs> like I, like I said, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, I saw someone, a couple of candidates that I I think could be good, and and they're not Republican, you know. So uh, now then again, I've seen some Republicans that I think are okay. I will not name them. Um, but I know they don't have a chance. Well, you can hope one of them is not in your home state. Um, no, actually he's not, but, uh, no, I mean, but the thing is there's so many Republicans coming into the fray that not that it's not their right to run if they want to, but they've just, they've given it to Trump because there's so many of them. They've splintered the non-Trump Republican vote. So I hate to say it, we'll probably will see Trump come up. Well, it's the same thing, you know, the Democrats. Is there a Democratic candidate? I don't think they're as, they're not as fractured as the Republicans. Well, no, but they're like, well, you got to vote for Biden. You know, it's like, if you vote for the other candidate, you're going to, you might give Trump a win, but the other Democratic candidate could be better than Biden, but they... Yeah. They're like you're un-American or you're you're undemocratic if you if you vote for anyone other than Biden. Uh, hey, all right, let's get, don't okay. get into politics. All right, let's, the Ahsoka trailer. Did you guys watch the Ahsoka trailer? Yeah, I did. What did you think, Fedra? I kind of agreed with you uh, that there was a lot of female characters in the trailer, a lot of them. Um, but you know. Again, I'm open to things being different as long as the story is told well. Uh, cinematically, it looks good. And um, I always forget her name, but she's a great actress who plays Ahsoka. Rosaria Dawson. Yes, thank you. And uh, um, so I look forward to, to seeing it. It looks exciting to me. Jack? Now, you see... I know there. I know it's a very female-heavy cast, but you know what? These are characters I like. I like Ahsoka. I like Hera. I like Sabine. You know. Well, there's more than that. <laughs> no, but no, but I mean, these are these are the main ones there that are making up the show. And yes, it's a heavy female cast, but you know what? 
I don't, I don't like Ahsoka because she's female. I like her because she's a well-rounded, good character. Same thing with Hera. Same thing with Sabine. I want to see it. It looks, I think it looks terrific. Yeah. But just like, just like Warner Brothers in DC. I'm, I'm afraid to get my hopes up too much because it'll come crashing down. But, um, Rosario Dawson is terrific. Uh, what's her name? Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Winstead. Winstead. I've also liked her in things. So I, I have some hope that this is going to be enjoyable. The guy, the guy who's playing Thrawn, I don't know. He doesn't look like I picture. Yeah, me too. Thrawn. Like, honestly, I picture, I, I would picture someone that looks, has that Peter Cushing look. Yeah. He looks like you know, that long drawn, drawn face. This guy looks a little bit too round faced. Um, and not as angular in his uh, features, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I am I, I, hoping that this is going to be good. Um, but then again, I loved the first two seasons, the Mandalorian, and the third one was just a train wreck for me. So I'm hoping I'm optimistic. Let me put it that way. I'm optimistic. I think it looks good. Well, I'm going to relieve you guys by saying that we're not going to do the main topic tonight, unfortunately, because I think we're running out of time. Uh, we'll do it next week. But I did want to say I watched the trailer a second time before we got on the air, and it's a good trailer. I really do like the trailer. Yeah. Um, it's one of the best trailers I've seen for a Star Wars show in a long time. Uh, I don't know if that's saying much. Glad but you agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> But I agree with you, Fedra, with Rosaria Dawson. I feel like she was was born to play Ahsoka. She yes. looks so good. And I know a lot of people like Ashley Eckstein, and she kind of somewhat created the character through her voice. But I, I much prefer Rosaria Dawson because you believe her. Uh, you know, she can be feminine, but she can be strong too. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, I like, I can't wait to see her. Um, Sabine Wren, she looks pretty good. And these characters, Sabine, Hera, and partly Ahsoka were in Rebels, the animated series. Um, but let me ask you this, Jack. I wasn't sure about this because I know at one point she did leave. Sabine left with Hera, I think, towards the end, didn't she? And yeah, at, at, um, at, at, the, Ahsoka. at the end of um after the second second season uh ahsoka had a had a big fight where they settled the uh inquisitors and darth vader you know ahsoka discovered darth vader was anakin and she kind of went into self-exile um so we didn't see her for up until like the last five minutes of the uh series finale and she comes back to Lethal, where Sabine has been kind of looking after the planet. She gave Ezra her word that she would look after the planet. And 
Ahsoka comes back and says, I've got news. There's rumors that Thrawn survived, and if Thrawn survived, Ezra would have. So Rebels ends. It's already after the whole rebellion has wrapped up. Um, they're in peacetime, and Ahsoka shows up, and the two of them go off in search of Thrawn and Ezra. And that's how Rebels ends. But it never was implied that she was going to be her Padawan. No, it wasn't. But um, during Rebels, uh, Sabine had gotten the Darksaber. And Mandalore. Right. They did a bit with the Mandalorians and stuff. But she got the Darksaber and she was learning how to use it the same way a Padawan would learn how to use a lightsaber. I didn't think she had any sort of force sensitivity, but I guess, I guess they can put that in. That wasn't hinted. I didn't catch that in Rebels that she was force sensitive. Me too. Um, but obviously she is now if she's uh, Ahsoka's Padawan or something. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. That They just make too many people a Jedi too easily. It's not like every anyone can be a Jedi. I, I think it's very selective. I think that only a certain amount of people in the galaxy have well the abilities we, to be. Are we sure she's a Padawan? Because Ahsoka. Yeah, always, I watched the trailer a second time, and Ahsoka's always very. She calls Ahsoka her master. And, oh, okay. And and you see her fighting with the lightsaber too, like a like a blue lightsaber. Yeah, um, but but. She knows how to use that kind of weapon because she was taught by Kanan, a Jedi, how to use a lightsaber to take the place of a, the dark. Well, saber. like I said, my point is it's just that not everyone could be like, I think they've gotten crazy with Spider-Man where it's like, well, oh, yeah, not, not, every, not everybody should be a Jedi. It should be a very small. Yeah, that was my group. point. Um. I do like the actress. She she does kind of she looks like a good Sabine Wren for me. And um now Hera and Jack and I had this conversation. I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she's really cute. I just think she looks too young to play Hera. And I always pictured Hera to be a little older, a little wiser. And she's blessed with youthful looks. She kind of looks like a teenager. In a way, I just think that they chose the wrong person to play her. And you're also covering up a beautiful girl, too. I would much prefer her play someone that you can actually, her play someone that you can actually see her but face. I, I think she looks good in green. I don't know. But then being a Star Trek fan, you know, with the uh, Orion dancer girls, you know, partial green women. Hmm. I didn't realize that Ray Stevenson is in this and. He recently died. He was the Punisher. Um, Who's he? I didn't recognize him in the trailer. He's uh, one of the Jedi in the uh, in the trailer. Well, I don't, huh. I don't, Jedi um, or whatever those. No, I, I think he's a Jedi. Yeah, and then there's some Sith there. Um, no way. Lars Milkinson plays Grand Admiral Thorn. Is, is he Mads Milkinson's brother? Maybe <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, you know, we saw Ezra Bridger, which I wasn't sure if we were going to see him, but yeah, he's in it. 
So I guess we'll eventually see it. But no, I am looking forward to it. Uh, but again, like I like Fedred mentioned, I did say it just looks like there's too many women in this, and it's just what Kathleen Kennedy's been doing. It's like she's been just pushing too much, like what she did with Willow and what she did with Indiana Jones, and what she's done with uh, Reba and Princess Leia in the Obi Wan series. Uh, she pushes a little too hard, you know. I feel, and it's. Star Wars is not all about women. Uh, you know, there has to be some male counterparts and it just seems like it's very, very heavy. And we'll get into that next week about Kathleen Kennedy, but I am looking forward to it. It looks pretty damn good. Uh, Who knows with what's going on at Lucasfilms. We may have a whole different sort of conversation. Yeah. I, I think that now since Indiana Jones five has been in theaters for a couple of weeks, hasn't done well. It's not going to get any better at the box office. Mm -mm. Uh, she might be served her walking papers within the next couple of weeks. Well, it's like every every day something, there's a different angle on the story. So who knows? Like, we may have a totally different type of topic next week. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this one up. And like I said, we'll, we'll do it next week, the Kathleen Kennedy stuff. And like Jack said, yeah, it could be a little different. <laughs> So, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, you can send me email at jackm at WDW, and sorry if I was a little too vehement tonight. Oh, we forgot to talk about uh, Secret Invasion, but we'll talk about that next week, too. But, yeah, one uh, more episode in. We'll see. Yeah. Or you can find me on Instagram and follow me, or you could be my friend on Facebook and email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And I'm also on Rusted Junk, the 80s movies podcast. And next week we are doing Batman 89. Nice. Classic. I did watch it the other day. And uh, I won't get too much into it, but Jack remembers it. And maybe you do. Did you see it in the theaters, Fedra? Yeah. There was so much hype surrounding that movie. It was like one of the hugest hyped movies, especially in Manhattan. Like Jack and I saw Batman symbols everywhere. I think I you're on mute. Yeah. Think, you think you're on mute, Jack. You're on mute. Sorry about that. No, that symbol was everywhere. It was in the subways. It was on bus shelters. It was on buildings. And I worked uh, in Penn Plaza across from Macy's and their windows were filled of, of Batman stuff. Um, friend was, of mine says that that's his favorite movie of all time. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's a classic though. I will say that, you know, um, but yeah, the acting is not that great. Uh, it, it definitely could have been better, but it, it, but I just remember seeing it the night when it opened and uh, it's something we hadn't seen ever. And I'm kind of glad they went the direction they did with Batman. It made him darker instead of the Adam West Batman. So, yeah, we'll have some fun times to talk about that movie and that, on the Rusted Junk podcast. 
So check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney Universal news. And if you'd like to, what did I say? Patreon subscriber. Yeah. Fine. No, I didn't say finally. If you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts, I forgot to say finally. And like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 27. So until next time, see y'all. Good night, all. And be good to each other. Good night, everybody. <laughs>